If you're listening to this podcast, it means you're hungry, hungry for change, hungry for growth, and ready to have a major breakthrough in your business. As a partner or founder in more than a dozen businesses that do more than $5 billion in revenue each year, Tony Robbins has learned from the best in the world, the Steve Wins, Mark Benioffs, and Peter Goobers, what it takes to be successful. Whether you've been in business for decades or are just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there, someone who's going to coach you through it. That's why Tony is offering a free one-on-one business strategy session from one of his top business strategists, a $600 value, completely free, no strings attached. If you're listening right now, go to TonyRobbins.com CEO and sign up for a free session with a Tony Robbins trained business strategist who's helped business owners just like you to overcome their obstacles and set them on the path to success. In a world where 96% of businesses fail after 10 years, you must know how to anticipate and how to take advantage. Take advantage of this offer today. Hey guys, it's Anna. So what did you think about Melanie's interview with Tony at Business Mastery? I got a chance to catch up with Melanie right after she got off stage. We talked about how she first heard about Tony Robbins and also how his insights, tools, and leadership have helped her frame and ground herself while SoulCycle underwent massive growth and transition. We also got a chance to talk about her one-on-one experience with Tony and what she believes is just so powerful about his events. Here's the backstage interview. How did you hear, how did you come into the Tony Robbins world? So we went through a really challenging time with our business last year. We were going through a lot of growth and a lot of change and a lot of transition. And I was looking for inspiration um, from other leaders who had been through something similar or coaches. And I was in my car and I listened to a lot of podcasts and I started listening to Tony Robbins because I had heard that he really understood how to drive positivity, potential, all the things that we talk so much about at SoulCycle. And I'll never forget where I was. I heard uh, one of his podcasts where he talked about starting your day with three practices of gratitude and how that awakens your mind in a completely different way of sort of framing your day. And it was something that I started after I heard that podcast. And it really helped me as I went through growth and change and transition and difficult times with the business, which I think all entrepreneurs and all CEOs go through, um, to really frame and ground myself in what's good here. Yes, we have this seemingly insurmountable challenge that we're going through as a business or a team transition that how can we function without this person you know, at the table. Uh, but if you really frame it with what do we have in your personal life in within the business, what, what good is there? It just helps you frame more to a positive outcome. Um, and it's something that now we've started with the team that we do as well. We open all of our leadership meetings with what we call a soul light, where we call out and shout out gratitude to a team or a team member around the table. And it just, I think that whole framework of thinking is, it's unique, it's underutilized and has so much potential. And so uh, it was such an honor to be called to be a part of this because I've now listened to countless um, podcasts and obviously watched the documentary. And I'm just such a huge fan, not just of what Tony has created, but his magnetic energy, because I think that is sort of what's so... um, so unique about him and so powerful uh, for leaders to think about. It's not just about creating a vision and allocating resources and managing your team and innovation, but it's really about having this relentless positivity and energy as you're facing challenges. And he is just, there is no one like him in the world. 
So what was it like being on stage with him? And you, I mean, that's called, that's proximity. You're within <laughs> the feet of that energy. Well, at first I was nervous that I was actually going to be so awestruck that I wouldn't be able to complete the task ahead of me. So that was good that I was able to overcome that. The, the moment that was so, um, so wonderful was in the green room before when he came backstage and said, here's what we're going to do. Here's how I'm framing out the time. What can I do for you to make this go the way that you want it to go? And of course, when someone asks you that question, and especially someone like Tony Robbins, you're unprepared to answer it. And I just felt so humbled and grateful that he would even think, what can I do for you to make this go better? Um, it just set us up for such a dynamic uh, conversation. It's something that was so founded on chemistry. You, know, you just feel like some, this person cares about me. Obviously, I really respect him. Um, so it was actually just a lot of fun to be with him. He asks great questions. You can tell he's really listening to the answers and queuing off all of that energy in the audience. It, it feels like there's 10,000 people out there. I actually don't know how many people are out there, but it just it feels so energetic. And so there's so much give back to what you're putting out. It's just, it was amazing. So how would you describe, because you've done conferences and events, and, and um, there is a very distinct difference, right, between this audience and some of the other ones you probably have spoken at. Um, how would you describe this event? This is your first time being here. Like, what would you say to somebody if you were just calling home and being like, hey, <laughs> I just was at a 20 hour <laughs> business event. Wow. You know, how would you describe it? I think I would use the word that our panel talked about so much, which is it's an experience. Every detail has been considered, and the energy flows through every aspect, whether it's a break, a dance party, uh, applauding for an audience member who's asked a question, or just the dialogue between all of us panelists on stage. It's really an experience. Conferences are typically readouts. A keynote speaker comes, they report on the facts, there's a theme, there's takeaways, people take notes. It's not an experience. This is something that you walk out of feeling really inspired and only having been here one day and walking through the hallways and high-fiving people and hugging people and just seeing the connections that have been created over the last five days between all of these participants, there's nothing, there's nothing like this. Well, there is. It's called Soul Cycle, <laughs> right? So there is a huge amount of parallel, right, in, in the energy and the environment, I think, between what's going on here and what you've built, right, part of your culture. And then you mentioned, right, you've got the, the gratitude practice. Are there other things that you've learned from Tony that you're sort of excited from a business perspective or, you know, personal to kind of integrate into the company, given that the audiences seem very similar? That's a great yeah, it's, question. It's <laughs> um, let me think about that for mm -hmm. a minute. You know, the podcast that I think resonated with me the most was all around potential. And that's really what we create at SoulCycle. We enable people to come into what is meant to be a physical experience, a workout on a bike. And what the instructors do is lead our riders on these inspirational, musical, emotional, and physical journeys. So when they come out the other side of the 45 minutes, they feel like they've achieved more than they knew possible, and they start to look at themselves in a different way. We say that SoulCycle is really the gateway to a completely different lifestyle. It starts with the workout, and then you start eating better, sleeping more, you spend time with different friends, maybe you travel differently, and it really starts this whole change in your life. And if you think about some of the things that Tony talks about around unlocking the potential within yourself, viewing yourself differently, and what change that can create, not just for you, but for your family, for your wealth, for your business, that's really what we're doing on a much more microscopic scale, because while he sees 10,000 people, we see 55 people in a room, 
but we're doing it across 70 locations. And so while the collective is as great, there's nothing I don't think that you can sort of replicate when you have 10,000 people together achieving that kind of potential. It's, it's, it's really unique. So you mentioned that, and it's funny because people are asking from the audience, they said, well, there's no soul cycle near me. And you kept saying, well, where do you live? <laughs> I'll go build one. So it sounds like you guys have a lot of expansion um, ahead of you. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. I mean, we, today we just opened, um, let me start because I just looked at the camera. Um, so we just opened our 70th studio in Seattle. Um, I mentioned on the panel that we never thought we would have more than 25 soul cycles in the first five years of the business. So to be sitting at 70 and we'll open another 15 this year and have 85 by the end of the year, it's humbling and inspiring and it, it really informs us to say there's so much road ahead of us in terms of satisfying the demand for what is not just a physical product, but really something that is about experience and potential and all the things that we've talked about. So. You know, I think we are uh, focused on international expansion in the next year. We're going to open in Toronto and in Vancouver. We are getting calls from all over the globe of other places that we can open. And so we are just trying to figure out, honestly, how to prioritize because there is so much ahead of us. We want to make sure that we're really careful because we're scaling a live experience, right? Every hour on the hour, we treat it as a curtains up, curtains down production. And the integrity of the brand really rests with our people who are delivering this experience. And the number one question that we were asked by our investors very early on was, how fast can you go? How many is too many? How many can we open in a year? And we really feel like we've hit this sweet spot of around 15 studios because that's a lot of people to hire and train and then not just train to get on the podium, but then to develop and encourage and feedback. And we have this large population, both of instructors and operators now. We want to make sure that we're giving them opportunities to continue to grow as well as hiring all the people underneath of them. So our plan is you know, to continue with this path, about 15 openings a year, now in domestic and international markets, which is really exciting even just to get to say. Yeah, You're going to have your plate full. So this actually brings me into what I was mentioning earlier about um, Tony's idea of artist, manager, leader, and entrepreneur. So it kind of divides people into these three groups um, as your core skill as a business owner. And for you, from you know, based on your background, it's clear to me that you're a manager leader. That's that's your your core, right? Um, and you've got a lot on your plate now that you're going to be scaling even more massively. Um, are there any particular challenges now since you've seemed like you've really perfected that core skill set? Um, are there any challenges that you've faced personally <coughs> within that that you've had to overcome? as the company has scaled, as you've taken on this massive responsibility, and like you said, hiring all of these teams. Um, what are some things that you've kind of personally feel like you've improved or had to improve over the past few years? I think one of the challenges for a company that's growing this quickly is as you're scaling your core business, thinking about what's next. And we talked a little bit about this on the panel. You know, We have an internal philosophy we actually lifted from the Starbucks guys. You have to be on your first bridge fortifying your first bridge, um, renovating your first bridge as you grow, but then you, someone needs to be working on the second bridge. What else is coming, right? And when you're growing really fast and we operate really lean and we spend every dollar the company makes investing in growth and we're a capital-intensive business, it's hard to allocate the resources toward the second bridge when you're so focused on the first. 
And I joke with the team that I feel like we are on a freight train laying the track in front of us, just one track ahead at a time. Completely. And you know, my background being in strategy and then operations for the company for so long, for me to sort of shift mindset to say, okay, I used to think six to 12 months out in terms of team, resources, planning, innovation, to now think two to five years out for the brand and less mm. for the business has been a real mind shift for me. And for what I've tried to do is just build a team around me of skills that complement me, of ways of thinking that complement me. Um, and I love having differing opinions at the table because my viewpoint is just one. But one of the reasons I think we've been so successful is we listen as a business really well. I think it comes from having two female founders yep. who are great listeners. Yep. I like to listen a lot and we listen a lot to our riders and our team and just building that team around me to say, okay, where do you think we should be going? And then helping sort of channel that into a plan is where I'm starting to evolve my role to be. But it's definitely been a, a growth challenge for me. Yeah. I remember hearing you say that that listening is really the number one um, skill, uh, the number one quality of a, of a wonderful leader. So. And most undervalued trait in people. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when I, you know, I interview a lot of, of candidates for all kinds of different roles, studio managers, instructors, senior executives, and just listening to how they answer questions, but then also watching as you're answering a question as to how they're listening to you. Yep. I think one of the greatest listening tools is playing back what you've heard. Sure. And if you can see that people are playing back and it's really resonating with them what you've said, then you know they're going to be a great listener. And that yeah. ultimately is core to what we do. Our writers are always right. <laughs> and they always have the answer and they always have the, the feedback. So, yeah, yeah I and think listening is super important. raving fans. <laughs> yeah, great. The Tony Robbins Podcast is directed and hosted by Tony Robbins and Mary Buckheit. Annie Org is our editorial director and occasional host. The podcast is produced by Carrie Song and Tyler Culbertson. Jamie Carvajal and Adriel De La Torre are our digital editors. Special thanks to Diane Adcock for her creative review. Copyright Robbins Research International.